What is up, young adults? Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power Bluff. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Courtney Ann. What's up, y'all? I'm back. <laughs> George, um, we are going to talk about Christmas time. And before you... Uh, Christmas time is near. Before you turn this podcast off, um, keep on listening. It's going to be good. But, you know, the one of the, the biggest things is when once I got saved... Um, I don't know about you. Maybe you were saved when you were younger, and so it has always been this way. But for me, I was not saved until I was 18 years old. And so Christmas time w- amplified by like 10,000% whenever I was saved because it became real. Like Christmas, the season of Christmas was not just this whole, um, you know, like there was this radio station when I was a kid that we would listen to Christmas music on and it was 101.9 and they would say the magic of Christmas. And like, you'd be so excited. Like once Christmas music starts going on and they would play all the Christmas songs and you would do all these traditions and it would just be all this Christmas joy and fun and all this great things, which is great, you know? And then you have like the Hallmark channel, which is like the wonder and magic and beauty and glory of Christmas. Like this whole vibe going on and like really you look around and it really is this whole like mood vibe and the whole world partakes of this Christmas holiday season and there's like a spirit of the spirit of Christmas joy and peace and oh like we got to be kind and it's just for like a moment in time right gotta share the Christmas cheer right like all, all like just everything I mean all this stuff is great like hey I love Christmas movies I love Christmas music I love the candy canes the fudge the uh the you know hot chocolate the cr- cute Christmas decorations the tamales the Christmas lights you know the nutcracker like the everything all the great stuff that comes along with Christmas it's concha wonderful and um but when you're saved there's something so much more real to you and you might say I I can totally relate to this or not but you know I just remember my heart like burned like the first time it was like my first experience of the Christmas time um as a believer like a, a believer in Christ, a believer of Jesus, having an encounter with Jesus. And then, you know, that next Christmas time, just having a spirit of Christmas, which is the spirit of Christ, obviously. It's the, the holy, it's the holy anointed uh, uh, spirit that's upon this time of remembrance and celebration and rejoicing. It's not just words that we, you know, put up in our house, joy believe, faith, love. You know, I, I used to have all those stuff. My mom would always put all those stuff up. But it's it's more than just decorations. It's more than just words. It's more than just, uh, you know, all this this mood, like I'm saying. It, it actually became so real to me. And so I want to read um, the first, ver- uh, first verse that we'll talk about. I have lots of scripture today, but it's in the message uh, version, John 10, 10. We all know this scripture. But, you know, let it hit you today. It says that the thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But Jesus says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever have dreamed of. And I know for me, when I got saved, why am I like getting a little choked up here? But when, whenever I got saved, like the reality of my salvation and like being born again, being brand new, having a new life was so real to me because it was like darkness to light. That's, that's the experience that we've all gone through. And truly, this Christmas time causes us to remember and reflect about our own encounter with Jesus, how we were once in darkness, but we have seen a great light. It is that, you know, that long-awaited time for the people of God and the, and the world waiting for the Redeemer, waiting for the Savior of the world, waiting for God's promises to become a reality. They were waiting in hope. They were expecting in hope. They heard about the prophets talk about the coming Messiah. And once Jesus came into the world, what an amazing day, like what a glorious day. Truly, if you sit and think and meditate and Selah for a second about Christmas day, about the Savior of the world, coming into the world and it it, that's that's what I want to talk today about you know we've experienced this we get it now we know what it's like to be in darkness and now we know man having the light of Christ is amazing and this is what we experience as as uh, as believers and so I always love to like go back and like read all the prophecies of old the first one I want to go to is in Isaiah 9 just that it's incredible to know that um you know, in the Bible, the prophets talked about Jesus coming. They were in the loop. Like they knew that they were waiting for this Messiah. We've experienced him. He's here. Jesus, Jesus has come. He has provided salvation. He's provided deliverance, freedom, peace, joy. He has come. We're experiencing the things that the people of old like longed for. They talks, Peter talked about that. How like, man, we're living in the days that the prophets of old longed to see these days. They desired it. They, they were, you know not envious, but they were almost like jealous of like the people that would experience this life that they were prophesying about, that the Lord would, you know, show them in visions and words and they would proclaim and prophesy about without even experiencing it. But they were like, wow, like to be able to be a prophet during that time and just prophesy about the things that were ahead that people were going to experience, you know, after Christ I mean, imagine just coming out, those words coming out of their mouths and just being like, well, I want to live during this time, you know? But, um, okay, so let's go to Isaiah 9, verse 1, NLT version. It says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Hallelujah. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse six, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. We're talking about Jesus here. 
wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace and his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity and the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I mean, just like, just imagine that prophecy coming forth forth from the words of Isaiah and the people of God being so excited in hope of their coming Messiah. But guess what? Jesus has come into the world. He came in glory. He came in light. I mean, really, he came in, he came humbled, you know, but I mean, it was a glorious day. It was when light came to earth. It was when God came to earth. He became man and he dwelt among us. It's a, it's a glorious day, a day of rejoicing, a day of remembrance, a day of celebration. Let's go to Isaiah 59, verse 9. So this is talking about, you know, us prior to salvation. This is talking about how we were and truly how, you know, the people of God were without a savior. They were in sin. They still had sinful nature. They still had, uh, they, were, they were under the curse of sin and they were under the grip of the enemy. So it's, it reads, it's, it's talking, um, it's almost from their point of view, being lost, what it's like to be lost. Verse 9. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is only darkness. We look for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we have no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. Sorry. I thought I was reading the wrong words, but I'm not. Sorry. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. That verse always gets me. We look for justice, but there is none. We look for salvation, but it is far from us. You know, this, this verse talks about our fallen nature prior to Christ. This is what the world was. They were, that's why they were longing for the Messiah. They were longing for redemption, salvation, for a deliverance from their sins, because every single year they had to, you know, go through the, the same things over and over, killing the lambs, killing, like slaughtering uh, that. And and it would, they would be sprinkled with it and it would cover them for one year's time, but it wasn't good enough. But they were longing for the days where they could be made right with God and stand in the presence of the Lord unashamed. And that's what Jesus brought us, total freedom and brand new life and a fresh start. And this was it. You know, they were looking for light. They were looking for righteousness. They were looking for salvation, but there was none. How, how dark does that sound? You know, you, you, you go back to your life without Christ and you, you think whenever you, you know, if you were born and you were saved right away, glory to God. But, you know, I, I, for me, I, I had times in my life where I was in darkness, where you were searching and looking and this relates to me. And I know this will relate to so many people because you're searching, you're looking, there was, it wasn't here. It wasn't here. You're looking for light. You're waiting for redemption and salvation and you're searching and all these things. But it wasn't until you had an encounter with Christ that, you know, salvation became so real to you. And that's, that's why Christmas time and like just remembering the birth of our savior, him coming into the world and bringing everything that we're now experiencing now, all because of that day that he came into the world from heaven. It's, it's glorious because we were once here. We were once in darkness, but we have seen a great light. Okay. Verse 15. 
So, so truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw the Lord saw it. So basically, he was looking down. He looked at the people. He looked at people in darkness. He looked at their lost condition, their depraved condition. He looked at and he and even saw us. He looked ahead. He saw us. That's why the Bible says. Even while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ was sent into the world because that's a demonstration of how much he loved. This verse, I love it. It says, the Lord saw this and it displeased him that there was no justice. There was not any source of righteousness. There was no salvation available. People were looking for light, but there was none yet. And he saw that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore... His own arm brought salvation for him, and he brought his own righteousness. That's talking about how there was nothing. No one could do what Christ could do. We were living in darkness, and so he sent Christ into the world, and that, that's Christmas. That's this time that we're remembering, and what a great and glorious day it is. All right, next, let's go to Luke 1. I'm in the TPT and I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read Zachariah's prophecy. So remember, Zachariah is the father of John the Baptist. That is Jesus's cousin. And so Zachariah, he, uh, you know, this is after John was born and he begins to be, he was filled with the Holy Spirit when his son was born and he begins to prophesy with power. Um, and he, he says this and it's beautiful. I'm going to read in the TPT version because I love it. Verse 68 in Luke 1, it says, Praise be to the exalted Lord God of Israel, for he has seen us through eyes of grace, and he comes as our hero God to set us free. He appears to us as a mighty savior, a trumpet of redemption from the house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago by the words of his holy prophets. There we go. You know, they're, they're recalling just the prophets being uh, speaking these words forth and they're just waiting for this coming savior. Verse 71, they prophesied that he would come one day and save us from every one of our enemies and from the power of those who hate us. Now he has shown us mercy, promised to our ancestors, for he has remembered his holy covenant. He has rescued us from the power of our enemies. This fulfills the sacred oath he made with our father Abraham. Now we can boldly worship God with holy lives, living in pure Purity as priests in the presence every day. And to you, I prophesy, my little son. He's talking to his son, John. You will be known as the prophet of the glorious God. You will be a forerunner going before the face of Yahweh to prepare hearts to embrace his ways. You will preach to his people that the revelation of salvation life, the cancellation of all of our sins to bring us back to God. The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation. So he's talking about how, man, Jesus is about to be here in a few days. The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us. And once this, once Jesus broke through and came into the world, man, nothing's stopping this salvation and redemption plan from going to one person to the next, the next, the next, bringing people from darkness into light, back to God, reconciled at peace with him, and now flooding heaven with more and more people, taking people out of hell, bringing them to heaven. Woo! Where was I? All because of the merciful heart of God who is so very tender. The word from heaven will come to us, that's Jesus, with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness, near dark, 
uh, death shadow. He will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. Amen. That's just like, I feel like that's what my spirit is just singing that that word that's that's christ christ coming into the world it was a glorious day what a moment in time he he really uh when the spirit came upon him he he was enlightened he was illuminated to the the mystery of christ coming into the world it wasn't just like like oh yeah a child is born like it, it wasn't just this is another day. It wasn't just like, let's amp this up. Let's create all this magic of Christmas and wonder and beauty. Like the spirit came upon him and he spoke like this mighty word of God about Christ coming to the world and being exactly what we all need. And that's Christ coming into the world, saving us, redeeming us, giving us peace, joy, hope, real life, life to the abundance, life till it overflows with the God kind of life bringing the ability uh, and the nature of God on the inside of us. That's Christ. George, do you want to you read Luke 2? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to read Luke 2. Uh, basically, Mary just placed her firstborn, a.k.a. Jesus, in a swaddle and then laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the hotel or the inn. Uh, so Luke 2, 8, it says, Now therefore in the same country, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Shout out to Charlie Brown, Linus. <laughs> then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be assigned to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddle cloths, lying in a manger. Remember, Mary just laid him in a manger, and it's some swaddle. And suddenly there will be an angel of a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to glory in the glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was then. Wait, what am I stopping? 14. <laughs> That's good. That was, that was the end of it. Okay. Yep. All right. Amen. I'll see you at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that because it's, it's the, it's the uh, glad tidings of great joy. That's the gospel, what was brought to you. Remember that day that you heard the wonderful news about Jesus. I, I remember that day, clearly. I remember the day. Uh, why do I always like, get like shaky voice? Stop it. <laughs> but like, remember the day that you heard the gospel, whatever man and woman of God told you about Jesus, that day that you heard and you understood for the first time ever. For me, I grew up in religion. I grew up knowing everything that there was about Jesus. I knew all there was about God, all this like religious sayings and all this stuff. But it wasn't until I heard the gospel in power about what Jesus did for me and how he came and he saved me and he loved me and he died for me so I never had to die for my sins it became real that was the day that I heard the wonderful news about Jesus and since that day it was glad tidings of great joy because that was the greatest news I've ever heard in my entire life period Nothing else gets greater other than more revelation from the word, but it's Jesus. It's the gospel. Whenever I heard about the healing power of God, whenever I heard about pros- that God wants us to live in prosperity, that he, uh, pros- prosperity, that, that those things of truth that Jesus has provided for us, 
bring our glad tidings of great joy. Live in that place in this time and all, all the time. This is not just like we're just going to live it like this for a little bit. And then once January 1 hits, we're just going to go back. No, that's why we never have that Christmas high. And then on January 1, when you start putting the Christmas decorations away, now you go into this depression. Like the people of the world, they're like, oh, I'm sad it's over. Oh, I can't wait for next year. Like, But no, like you can live in this joy, this peace, this uh, this, 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 this fire for Jesus all the days of your life. And it should increase every single year. That's the glory of Christ. Okay. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip this one. Um, I was going to read in John one, just about how, you know, the light came and light expels all darkness. I could just go through and read it, but I'm not. Okay. We're going to go to revelations four, just to end, just to magnify Jesus. Revelations 4, we're talking about the throne room of heaven. So obviously, you know, the, you know, angels came about and uh, delivered messages. The angel of Gabriel visited Mary. The angel um, visited uh, Zechariah. Uh, the angels came and visited the shepherds um, in the field. You know, the, what Georgie was just reading, just the glory of the Lord. Just imagine what heaven is like in this time of rejoicing, like all those Christmas songs that we sing, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king, like all these songs and you listen to the words, you're like, this is so beautiful because heaven is a glorious place and they're exalting and magnifying and rejoicing and praising Jesus because he's the name above every other name. He's the king of all kings. He's the king of glory. He's majestic. He's great. When you begin to magnify Christ and God, that's the greatest form of prayer that you could ever do. You know, in this time, make sure that you're magnifying Christ because if you're magnifying the stress of finding all presence and, uh, you know, the plans and what you're going to do and where you're going to go and all this stuff, you're, you're missing it. But, but stay focused on Jesus. Stay magnifying the Lord. Get caught up in how glorious Jesus is. So Revelations 4, just to end, it talks about how the angel uh, took John into the heavenly realm, the throne room of heaven. It says, after these, first one, after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. The first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which much must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and the one sat on the throne. Being able to, I mean, this this is just another picture of uh, just Chris. Christmas time as a believer, it's not just about like being below and just kind of living in the earthly realm and the the spirit of Christmas, the beauty of Christmas and all these like fake worldly created things. It's actually like now I get to, I get, I have a seat in the throne room and I'm seeing the glory of this wonderful time of celebration in a brand new way. I've had that encounter. I know you have had too. But it says that he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone. So it's talking about just jewels and beauty and glory. Um, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like emerald. And, uh, and around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they have crowns of gold in their heads. And be- before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. In the midst of the throne, around the throne, there were four living creatures full of eyes in, front of the, in the front and the back. 
and I'm going to skip down, but it says that these four living creatures, they had wings, they were full of eyes, and they did not rest day or night because they were proclaiming, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him, who live forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. That's, the, that's, the, that's what we've been brought into. And so it's a time of glorifying Christ, magnifying Christ, worshiping Christ, seeing Christ for who he is, understanding that I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. He's giving me salvation. He's giving me deliverance. He's giving me a brand new life. He lives on the inside of me. He's filled me with his Holy Spirit. He's redeemed me from the curse and blessed me with every spiritual blessing. He's healed my body. He's renewing my mind. He's restoring my will, my emotions. He's doing what I could never do in my life and causing me to go where I could never go. It's it's rejoice. It's like a it's just joy and celebration. And we can never get away from this is what heaven's going to be like. And when we think of Christmas, it is a time of celebration, joy, remembering that this day is when Jesus came and did what for us what we could never do. It's a wonderful time. So meditate on that this season. I hope this blesses you and causes you to be stirred up to study more about the coming of Christ the future coming of Christ, but also, you know, the, the, when Christ came into the world and get a fresh revelation of Christ and his salvation, his redemption and all he's done for you and give him glory, Georgie. Amen. (laughs) Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always stay up to date with us and even message us on Instagram at YA underscore power of love. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.